Hi, I'm Sifu Ed of the Fire Mountain School of Chinese Martial Arts and Energy Fitness Training. This is a special episode that is being inspired by the upcoming event, Martial Artist Against Hate, in Brooklyn this weekend, uh, May 22nd, at Brooklyn City Hall from 3 to 5 p.m. I think this is a historic event. Uh, because it brings together the martial art community uh, to take a stand in speaking out against hate crimes. Um, hate crimes against Asians are up 150, 150% in New York City from 2019 to 2020. They went from three to 28. This is unacceptable. I personally believe that the uh, martial artists, the martial arts community, uh, has a, uh, a responsibility to speak out against hate. Myself personally, I think it starts is part of what inspired the podcast Generation Respect. These hate crimes are being perpetrated by people who believe that they have the right to harm with impunity. No one does harm who does not believe they have the right to harm. The circumstances may change that justifies their, their harm, but you can't do harm unless you believe you have the right to do harm. As a Sifu and a martial artist, I want to say very clearly that no one has the right to harm, ever. No one has the right to harm with impunity. No one. No one has the right to harm you ever. You don't have the right to harm anyone ever. And I think this is an especially important topic because it gets to the heart of what it means to be an American. We have this very powerful split we have this ideology of uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that uh, all persons are created equal, um, liberty and justice for all. And it's not the entire truth of what it is, of what America is about. America was, was founded in genocide and slavery. And to this day, we have, if we look deeply, fundamentally, there are four types of Americans. There is the American who believes they have the right to harm with impunity, and they harm whoever they believe they should harm. There is the American who believes that they have a responsibility to respect and look out for one another. Then there is the avoidant American who turns a blind eye to the conflict surrounding harm, wanting to be no part of it. The apathetic slumberer, as Dr. King once called them. And then there are the innocents who get caught in the harm path of the harmers. This is children, uh, elders, uh, nature, but it also includes just people who uh, don't have a harming bone in their body. This is where I think martial arts uh, has a great 
is the best solution to this, inspired martial arts. There are these four Americas, and right now there is a conflict over who has the right to harm. Stand until you see the person under pressure. In adversity or in conflict or in stress, you simply do not know if they have the right to harm. Some people say one thing, but then you put them under pressure, and then they do the opposite. Some people are really nice until you put them into, until they find their way into an uncomfortable situation. And then they're really not nice. They can be downright mean, downright nasty. And uh, often they believe they have the right to. Some people will be harmful and then feel bad about it afterwards. But unless you work on yourself, when somebody is attacking you or assaulting you, you can think to yourself, what did I do? Why is this happening? Is this really happening? And it leads to a freeze. You need to be real clear about this before you end up in a situation. And right now, this is a real thing. This rise in hate crimes makes it relevant to right now. Uh, You have to be real clear because if you are not, it can lead to a freeze to, to think about whether or not you should be getting harmed or whether or not this happened. This is happening. I teach my students to be real clear about this. The power of your no and the intensity of your self-defense response rests upon it. If you are ambivalent, your response will be ambivalent, and this could be very dangerous. The attacker is rarely ambivalent. Once they've gotten themselves to the point where they're ready to attack, they, they do it, and they can be really very merciless. And so... It's very important to understand and take it as a truth as a martial artist because your ability to defend yourself uh, rests upon it. And I think this is an important lesson for everybody, not just people who study martial arts. The idea that martial arts is somehow a part of the problem. Listen, I can understand because I had the same prejudice Uh, just before I was pulled into the world of Chinese martial arts. You know, I thought that martial arts was about beating people up. And I was wrong. Like anything else, some schools teach the right to harm with impunity. And some schools teach that we have a responsibility to respect without exception. My school is about this. My lineage of martial arts is about this. The community of martial arts that I am a member of is about this. And the community that is coming together to speak out against hate is about this. I've been involved in uh, martial arts for nearly 30 years. I don't remember anything like this happening. And it's been a dream of mine for martial artists to come together against hate for uh, many years. Inspired martial arts training is really amongst all the things of, I think martial arts training, inspired martial arts training is best suited for dealing with the issue of violence and racism and hate. You see, the purpose of modern day martial arts for civilians is to protect life as a fitness regimen and an energy health discipline and a self-defense practice. 
as martial artists, we train ourselves to arrest our urge to harm and replace it with centeredness, energy, and respect. In this manner, we strengthen our character and integrity, especially our martial integrity, so that we have the ability to do what's right even under pressure. It fosters that part of ourselves that is heroic, sheroic, exroic, deroic, that that the, the the greater self, the higher self. You know, you feed that part. That's the part that will show up when you need it. If you don't nurture and feed that part, then your the lesser self will appear. And then you, it does damage to yourself. You doubt yourself. Um, you don't believe in yourself. We also train the big part of our training is to be able to protect ourselves from uh, the harm from others. See, you know, you have to make peace with your violence in order for you to be able to live uh, sane. You know, as civilians in New York State, we can only use force to protect our life and to get to safety. New York doesn't have a stand your ground law. So if you, you, you have to be able to protect yourself, uh, but not punish the uh, person who assaulted you because that you get, you get arrested for that. And then you're open to civil damages. They can actually sue you. So the whole point of the training, somebody once said to me, so what's the point of training martial arts if you're not allowed to use it? What's the point of having airbags if you don't, you don't get into an accident to go back to the, the stereotype. It's not really stereotype in the sense that, you know, martial arts was born out of violence and warfare. The, the martial arts has its root in war. The Mars is the god of war, in, but it has developed over the millennia to be a way to protect life and to nurture the spirit and the health of the practitioner. You know, being healthy... It is a feat of energy fitness to maintain mental health and spiritual health and physical health. It takes training because it's a really very important and I, we need an upgrade here terribly. That when you're under pressure, it disintegrates the personality and it, it, it shatters the person and then they... Uh, you function differently. And if you learn how to keep your integrity under pressure, you get to access the best of you so that you can create the best results for all affected. Uh, I think this is a better way of living. When I founded the school back in 2012, it was to create a place where we could learn how to transcend the patterns of how people managed conflict. Our school is organized around uh, one central rule, which is no one has the right to harm with impunity. 
And then we set about using our training to develop ways to negotiate our conflicts in life without resorting to harm. So the student body is becomes a collection of allies, a group of allies who are committed to exploring beyond our current limits to keep growing and evolving and learning how to manage stress uh, effectively in a way that we don't have to avoid it and always seek relief from it. Um, we learn how to face and manage our conflicts without resorting to harm. Now, that one thing creates, uh, that one principle creates a safe space, which is really very important when in a group of people who are learning how to uh, generate force and use self-defense. Without that, it makes it challenging for people to uh, learn and evolve and to grow. So it's so effective in creating a uh, community. You know, I started it first with myself. I made a, uh, a commitment to not use harm as a negotiating tactic, as a negotiating tactic in my relationships. That was not how I was raised. There was always the threat of harm if someone was unhappy or disappointed. And uh, I didn't want that for my family or for my son. So I, I took that commitment to heart and it created some profound changes in my life, in my personality. And it forced me to grow in ways that I had to find new strength and new authority and new power that didn't involve really threatening people or bullying them. Um, it, it, I had to learn how to become more accepting and more adaptable. Uh, kinder at times. I had to give up the right to resent people for disappointing me, for things not going my way. And what I found was because I had given up the right to harm with impunity, I could really uh, command that from other people as and place it in the relationship as as like you know my relationship is a commitment between me and this other person to to each other, it's our commitment to each other to not harm, ever. If we do, we're wrong, we have to clean it up. Uh, you can't say that, well, so-and-so happened, so uh, I, I, I was right to hurt someone else. No, that, that's so, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's so subjective that it's dangerous. You know, what if you wake up one day and you just, you're kind of cranky. So too many lights on in the morning, 
Does that give you right the right to start uh, griping at everybody, being rude or or mean or cranky or irritable or snappy, right? You know, and the next day you wake up, you have more energy and you're not snappy. So who who are you? Do we have to walk on eggshells around you? Do we have to watch what we say? Um, I, I don't like being in a relationship where I have to worry about what I have to say like that. Not that I'm not being mindful of my words. It's just, you know, the, the experience of when you have to watch what you say, like you're walking on eggshells, that means that you're not in a safe relationship. That somebody that you're relating to has uh, the right to harm with impunity. So now, then I got, I, I, when I founded the school, I was curious what would happen if this was the rule of the school and how would that change the way the school develops? And it's been challenging, but it has been worth it. The people who return, my students uh, who keep coming back, is it, they're an exceptional group of people where respect and consideration is the rule. If anybody comes in a bad space, we tend to the energy demand to get them off of the stress, to relieve the stress and restore the energy so that they can go about being their incredible high-performance self. And so uh, that's been really successful in the school. It What it does also is it keeps people who believe they have the right to harm with impunity, they either have to give that up or they have to leave. And uh, that works out well in either situation. The question is, is what happens in the world if that becomes the rule? What if we begin to collectively say, you know, no one has the right to harm with impunity. What if each individual person who listens to this podcast, if you start looking at yourself and giving up your right to harm with impunity, how will that change your relationships? And what if in your relationships you agree with the other person that you no longer have the right to harm each other, that you have to work out your differences without resorting to, to harm either through uh, words or deeds. Um, and then if you belong to a group, what if your group has that as one of the uh, primary rules? No one in this group has the right to harm with impunity. You see how it starts? It starts internally and then extends outward from, it starts in your center and then extends outward. And so anybody who comes into my blast radius, they meet a person who is committed to uh, not harming. And that is the foundation of the Chinese martial arts uh, that I practice. You know, I, I have learned over the years different ways of defending myself that can inflict damage. Uh, I will also have an equal commitment to a stronger commitment to not, not use them, these things, uh, unless in a life-threatening situation. So I, I don't get to be, uh, I don't get to be grumpy. I don't get to be a jerk. 
Uh, I don't get to be short or snappy, sarcastic. I don't get to be avoidant, uh, resentful. I have, I have a responsibility to bring my best to the relationship unconditionally. And then I have to take care of myself and my energy fitness in order to be able to do that. And my students all train to do that as well. And I, I personally am very curious to see how would the world change if this became a more common practice. So it's kind of like the, you know, the golden rule, treat others the way you, you want to be treated, but it puts it into action in a way that um, really gets to the heart of it. That's another reason why I believe that this event on Saturday, Martial Artists Against Hate, is, is so important because it, it can further that um, ideology that we don't have the right to harm others with impunity. Uh, I want to say something about respecting other cultures as a white male American. Brit likes to point out being anti-racist as a white male American. She's going to ask a question about that in a little while. Um, as I said earlier, my name is, I'm Sifu Ed of the Fire Mountain School. My name is Edmund Durso. I was born in Manhattan and, and have lived in New York my entire life. Uh, when I was a child, China was uh, far away on the other side of the world. And there was a Chinese restaurant 20 miles away. Uh, but eating Chinese food was as close to Chinese culture as I ever got. My Shifu, Shifu Wang Tianmin, accepted me and gave me power. I have the honor of carrying his lineage of Shenxing Menpai Gong Fu, a lineage that has uh, wisdom and knowledge that's, that's over 5,000 years old. When Shifu had to go take care of his family a few years ago, I had the great opportunity. So uh, Shifu, Carla, uh, Shifu Chuck Yuan invited me to the, uh, the Lion Dance Festival uh, in Sour Roosevelt Park. Uh, that was being hosted by uh, the Freemasons, Carlin, and Sifu Jackie. Um, and, then, and then that expanded to being invited to other martial arts events. And now we train with uh, Sifu Lin and the Lotus Light uh, Association with David and his boys. Austin, Alvin, and Andrew, and their whole family. Uh, my students in my school and I have been received and welcomed with great respect. It is humbling how accepting the community has been. Uh, Sifu Hinwai, Sang, uh, there's like so many of them. The, the community is like an extended family to me in my school, and they have been so incredibly generous and supportive of us. I would be ashamed not to speak out on their behalf to implore Americans to open their mind and put aside their differences. To see, to see fellow Americans living and working together and to learn to separate culture from politics and to assert respect rather than fear and harm. You know, I, I, 
I've been thinking about what it does it mean to be an American for most of my life. And I am filled with uh, pride for my country and sadness and, and shame. The history of the United States is a history of the right to harm with impunity against the, the responsibility to respect without exception. And it keeps going back and forth. Uh, I think it's American. It's part of what it means to be American, to be actively involved in that conflict. And I clearly am on the side that believes that we have a responsibility to respect without exception. Um, and I'm opposed to the part, to the America that believes they have the right to harm with impunity. And I'm excited and proud to be a part of this event uh, on Saturday because it, it represents the best in martial arts and, and what it means to be an American. So clearly I can keep going about this topic, but I'm going to stop it here for now. Uh, thank you for listening this far. I hope it's given you something to think about. I hope that it inspires you to extend beyond your limits. I hope it changes your perspective about what it means to be an American, the the value of Chinese martial arts, the importance of respect, and the, uh, the responsibility to surrender our right to harm in exchange for responsibility to respect others without exception. That is the, the great gift, I think, of Chinese martial arts today. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, criticisms, observations, resentments, hullabaloo, uh, please email me at shifuad at energyforheroes2win.com and check us out on Instagram at Huosan Shifu, H-U-O-S-H-A-N-S-H-I-F-U. Thanks again for listening. Keep batting energy. Stay well.